The Notorious OTV on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today and bet $100, win $100 at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. Welcome, everybody, to the Notorious OTB, brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. And, as always, once I find the sound drop. It's all good, baby, baby. Uh, It was all a dream. We used to read Blood Horse Magazine. I'm your host, Chase Essams, the Wolf of Oakland, and this is part three of our build-up to the Breeders' Cup, which means uh, I had to go across the pond to uh, bring in the heavy hitter this week. I've got joining me SGPN's favorite Northern monkey, Mr. Malcolm Bamford. What is up? Chase, how you doing? You've really taken to that term, Northern monkey, haven't you? You like that, I can tell. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I, I I love it because I originally heard it on Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. And it feels oh, like yeah. something I shouldn't be allowed to say, but I think I can. So I, I go ahead and throw it out. Yeah, there. you need to work. You need to work on your um, your southern accent, your Cockney accent. Call me a fucking northern monkey, <laughs> and that'll work. Uh, so if you you can work on that, but no, it's an absolute pleasure, mate. Um, and I feel like, although I could be wrong, that we've got a, quite a decent record in the um, what was it three three occasions we've sat and chatted horses, um, with Sean and Ryan, and we had a mm-hmm. chat about Ascot, and I think we did all right, didn't we? So hopefully we yeah. can keep it up. You carried Ascot on your own because when it comes to you English racing, like I just, I can't find my ass with both hands, quite honestly. <laughs> and I mean, it's, we talked about it. The difference is uh, Americans are um, just completely based in time, time and, you know, speed figures and everything like that. And I don't know. I, I think the, the British thing is more of like a, more like jazz. Are you aware of the music known as jazz? So, because I mean, it's more, it's more form based. Like you said, the tracks are laid out different. How do you compare speeds between all the different tracks where they're, where they're at? So listen, European shippers, when it comes to the breeders cup, like they're the make or break horses. They are the ones that fuck up people's tickets and make the difference between life changing scores and just a dead piece of paper in your hand, pretty much. Yeah, absolutely. And we made some little notes here and I know we're going to talk about things like how is a horse going to handle a turn or two turns? And the answer is, I don't know because they haven't done it before. And that is what is going to ruin people's tickets. So you can, I can give you the form. I can tell you what's run well, why it's run well and what it's likely to do, but there will still be a question mark. We can't eliminate the two question marks is how are they going to travel? And then um, the, the turn situation and we can't answer that it's impossible so whatever you bet whether it's a minus 400 or whether it's 25 to one shot you could there's going to be a couple of question marks but that's what we're here for that's what makes it all the more fun isn't it that's why we're testing our our metal trying to I've, find these winners chase i feel like you guys are might just be a whole lot smarter than us especially i mean your horses are probably smarter than us because your question is can the horse handle turns ours is when they ship over can the horse run in a straight line effectively enough yeah. and if you put apparently if you put our rat ortiz up no no they cannot 
It ran in a straight line for about 15 seconds, really fast. But then for the rest of the race, it was really tired. (laughs) You just did not understand the assignment. I I expected like the next race for him to like come out and be like riding backwards on the horse. Like, I don't This is all I know. I don't know what to do. It's uh, yeah, man, these, these euros, I mean, when I put together my horizontal tickets for the, for the breeders cup, it's just like, I, I pick the, the name that's got some steam behind it. I pick, you know, Aiden O'Brien, I pick all the, yeah. the the trainer names that I know. But, I mean, Mal's going to help us with, uh, you know, some of these European horses that are maybe under the radar that you should pay attention to or even fake. Yeah, I must admit that I've gone all UK-based rather than sort of all, all British rather than, than Irish or French, although we'll probably touch on a couple of them. And I have stayed chalky because... Um, I think they're all based around the... We've got five main that you talk about, and they're all hovering around the two-to-one mark. So I didn't go hugely off script. I tried to keep it fairly sort of central. But, um, yeah, there will be some... There are some fancy price ones um, coming across as well. But then we're still nine days out, and pl- plans haven't been completely finalised as yet, although it's round about time that horses need to be uh, getting on aeroplanes. So it's round about time. But, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see what we can dig out. You know, based on how horses are running in like uh, Dubai and everything, I, I apparently need to make a Japanese friends with a Japanese fellow. Uh, absolutely, too. yeah. That's that's another yeah. thing where I'm absolutely clueless. It's only a matter of time before a couple of those start jumping up and winning these big races. Yeah, well, we had the one. I think we the last time we talked about Ascot, we mentioned that uh, the Japanese pretty much take over Longchamp on um, Arc de Triomphe Day. Uh, they always have a winner, and that winner oh, oh, sorry a runner and it's always hammered just by the the japanese people just get all their yen down on it so it's probably like 33 to 1 in this country and plus 110 on the on the pari mutuel because all all the japanese have got into it but they've been going absolutely globally uh brilliant but then um i mean the germans as well you know the germans are going under the radar did they they had a big winner um, in the Prix de l'Arc de Triomphe as well. And then, I, I don't know if there's any Australian shippers. Do you have many Australian shippers coming across for the Breeders' Cup? It's uh, it's pretty rare. It's pretty rare. Uh, we did have a British horse named like Order of Australia that won in a gigantic yeah, prize last right. year. But uh, I, I, it's pretty – you would have thought like a horse like Winx or something like that would have would have shipped yeah, over. Yeah, absolutely. I think their breeding operations are like so like separated that if you have a horse that you could put in the stud or or you know have have as a broodmare in Australia, uh, yeah. all it stands to do is lose value if it comes to America and gets absolutely smoked. I think that's why you never saw Winks or anybody come. Because I know the Breeders' Cup people as an organization they have. This is what we need to do as a job chase. We need to go and apply and let them let us do this job. Um, they'll go out worldwide go to all the big meetings and they will invite horses that they see mm-hmm. so they do like the certain connections they like you talk about your boys in blue they like a dolphin um there's a horse we're going to talk about here which is a horse owned by midland park racing that's another one of these great big kind of conglomerate things um and if the breeders could people see a horse run well at one of the big meetings at ascot or Newmarket, they will invite them across now i know they do that in japan uh, Japan and Dubai and stuff, but yeah, get a bit further afield. And um, you normally have a, like an Argentinian comes up. Uh, um, like I say, yeah, get the Australians in and and the Saudis, and it really is going because uh, it's I mean, such a small world now, is it? You get your horse, you can get your horse around the place in no time at all. Yeah, li- last year I had no idea what to do with the Japanese. I was like on the plane to Del Mar, and I was like just looking at like 
basically just big blank spaces on the past performances for the Japanese horses, then writing things like uh, killed the American auto industry question mark. Uh, <laughs> as it didn't know what to, what to, what to do with them. But I, I mean, it's kind of like the Kentucky Derby. It's only a matter of time. That's why I was so hard on crown. Yeah. Prize, I just wanted to hold the ticket the first time that a Japanese. Yeah. Horse actually yeah. Yeah. It. So. And these are the question marks we're talking about. The, when we get to these big meetings, there's going to be, maybe three question marks that you cannot eliminate as good as you are as a handicapper um you will not be able to eliminate all the question marks so there's going to be value every race and um, there's going to be value somewhere if you're uh, if you're good enough to find it that's right so we're going to take a quick break here at the notorious otb when we come back malcolm bamford is going to run through five horses to either watch or fade this breeders cup weekend that are all shipping over from i can't say can't say europe anymore because of brexit right coming over from jolly old fucking england we will be right back ready to win money and boost your odds win bet is now live in arizona colorado indiana louisiana michigan new jersey new york tennessee and virginia we're bringing the excitement of win las vegas to online sports betting and casino play exclusive rewards are right at your fingertips with win rewards on win bet be on the lookout for the win bet win hour each thursday from 5 to 6 p.m eastern time during win bet win hour marquee games of the week will have better odds on win bet giving you a larger payout opportunity great promos odds and payouts are happening right now at win bet from boosted same game parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport win bet has what you need to win ready to play sign up today to receive a special offer bet 100 dollars win $100. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know that we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offer subject to change, service conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where play through winbet is available. If you're someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Sports Gambling Podcast is giving you a chance to win your choice of either an autographed Lawrence Taylor or autographed Brian Dawkins jersey. Contest is completely free to enter. Subscribe to the YouTube. YouTube.com slash Sports Gambling Podcast. Comment on a video. Each video gives you a new chance to win. And turn on your notifications so you don't miss SGPN contacting you when they pull the winner. And make sure to enter our World Series prop contest. Winner gets $200 cash and a $200 SGPN gift card. Enter today exclusively on the SGPN app. Welcome back to the Notorious OTB. Man, it's the we're recording this uh, you know, a couple days ahead, but whenever we play this, it will officially be the last day of uh, Pop and Locktober. So for the last time, until next year. And as all my, with all my guests, Malcolm, you are more than welcome to join my Pop and Lock crew, the Heather Pop and Lock Leers. Anytime. Okay, I, I understood none of those words, but um, count me in. This is always the fun part about having Malcolm. <laughs> if, I, if I say anything just like deep cut American, he's like, yeah, I don't know what the fuck you're saying to me right now at I've all. Been but- watching Ted, I've been watching Ted Lasso with my boy. Um, so I've got a few more American references, although I think that's pretty mainstream, isn't it? If you're aware of that program. I think it was Funnel Cakes that blew my mind. You're like, what the Funnel fuck? Cakes. I funnel remember cake. Funnel Cakes. Yep. Yeah. But- <laughs> 
let's go ahead. Let's let's hit uh, Malcolm's list here. So we kick it off with the horse in the BC Juvenile Turf uh, Sprint, the Platinum Queen. Uh, go ahead, tee off, my man. Firstly, I think can we change the names of some of these races? I know last time when we did Ascot, we took the piss a bit because um, they've all got these grand names named after palaces, monarchs, princes, princesses. Like this, you've put nine words in a bag here. You've put the words Breeders' Cup, Juvenile Turf, Sprint, Mile Phillies, Mares. And then you just pick the name, five of those words out of a hat and call the name that thing. So if I'm trying to find them on my computer here, if I'm trying to find them on my book, if I'm trying to find them on a website, on a racing website, you can't because they're all the same. You, you know what? Readers come juvenile turf, sprint, juvenile fillies, juvenile fillies, turf, juvenile, juvenile turf. There you go. The first five on the list. It's a, only four different words for five different races. Give them a name. What? Let's uh let's you know what let's name these after disgraced uh pop stars. So let's go ahead since it's the juvenile Phillies. Let's call this the R Kelly special. The juvenile this so this friend. so the R Kelly yeah the R Kelly Invitational. Although yeah. I don't he didn't really invite that wasn't his thing was it invitations. No. Um the horse <laughs> is we've backed ourselves down a cul-de-sac now and I'm going to get us out of it, Chase. Uh, the Platinum Queen is a. Um, horse, it's a northern monkey of a horse. Um, firstly, kind of why I put it in, really. Um, it's trained relatively locally to me in Yorkshire um, by a fella called uh, Richard Farhi. This is Richard Farhi's third winner at the Breeders' Cup. Uh, the Platinum Queen uh, won last time out, it won the Pre Labby. Uh, the Pre Labby is the sprint on the card at the Arc de Triomphe meeting in Longchamp. Um, you, if you watch this race, the, the, you know the French are lazy. They're a lazy race. Um, the, the five furlong track at Longchamp is across the other side of the track to the main street. But they don't even bother taking a camera out there. They just shoot it from the main camera. Like so It's like you're watching it through binoculars. So it's kind of a little POV thing. Um, and the Platinum won, won really well. Um, the only fly in the ointment and... This has happened with a couple of the runners I'm going to mention here. Is the soft going that day? Um, and the soft going generally we've had around in this in this part of Europe for the last month or so. Um, because I, I don't think we're going to get soft going next weekend. Is that right? It's unlikely? It, it's unlikely, but I've always found that the, the Keeneland turf is a lot softer than what you see, uh, especially out in like California. Even maybe a little, little softer than... Uh, than uh, what you see in like New York, it seems to retain moisture a little bit. So it can get if it gets any moisture, it will get boggy. But uh, it still seems to play more like a good uh, American good uh, turf where where it's got a little bit of a little bit of cut in it, unless it's just dry as a popcorn fart out there. <laughs> so we've been told that the soft going isn't a necessity uh, for the Platinum Queen, um, although um, the horse can go on that turf. Uh, so the horse can front run, but again, it's not necessary. Versatile running style. Uh, broke the track record at Goodwood was um, really when, when the horse came to attention. Um, was a little bit skittish in his first couple of starts, obviously uh, just a young horse and they can be a little bit babyish. But it's had seven races now. It's learning faster. Um, the horse will have Holly Doyle uh, on board now holly doyle is the absolute darling of british racing at the moment sure. um she's taken on all comers she's blazing a trail she's shattering glass ceilings um for for lady jockeys i'm um, absolutely brilliant oh murphy um has often ridden this horse before but 
Um, can't do the weight, actually, Oshin. Can't do the weight for this one. So, yeah, I think um, there's a lot of ticks in a lot of boxes here for the for the Platinum Queen. The horse is two to one, um, which is a short price. I'm just having a look at the challenger. So, yeah, you're looking at five to one bar, which uh, brings in uh, Speedboat Beach, which I think is Bob Baffert's horse, and then Private Creed, Love Reigns at six to one. So quite quite the short favourite here. Blackbeard for Aidan O'Brien was going to be the big challenger, um, but only oh, about three or four days ago now, suffered an injury on the gallops, has been retired to stud. So the what the main opposition is in there, but uh, listen to Richard Farr, he talk about this. He's, he's quite uh, bullish about his chances, talked about his versatility, uh, talked about it not necessarily needing the soft ground. And that pre-Labbe run, um, if you can focus from a long distance. If you watch that back, uh, the horse got to the front and didn't really look like being caught. And that's a strong field. That's a strong field of European sprinters. Um, yeah, it, and the, the Platinum Queen got, got that job done pretty comfortably, I think. So when you're researching this horse, uh, first I want to point out uh, there are two Platinum Queens. There is an American Platinum Queen that knocks around at like Delta Downs that uh, has uh, <laughs> everyone's favorite jockey who is... Uh, arrested for attempted murder cj mcmahon ride him but this is not the same one uh it, it looked like it's just absolute speedball on the front from what, what i watched from the from the long chomp race and then i watched a couple races back and it looked like the horse is really hard sent out in the front has the early speed that you're going to want to see um and it just kind of got caught uh, the last two times which might be a little bit more of the the softer going that you're talking about a horse i mean if it's got this sort of like what I, appears to be elite front speed, once again, apparently in Europe, you guys don't own fucking stopwatches. Uh, so nope. it's, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, it, it could, it looked like it was moving pretty fast and I think it's going to serve it pretty well. The question is, uh, can the horse turn left? Because uh, it seems like every race has been straight so far. Yeah, and that's one of the question marks. I think um, I think it's, it's happy on a left lead, I think. In fact, it, it tends to have a tendency to not lug left, but kind of, just edge left a little bit, so I don't see that being a problem. I think, obviously, Richard Foy, they must have tried it at home uh, around or two or two, but yeah, that's the that's the question marks that really we don't know anything about. Like I say, it will it can go to the front, but I don't think that's vital. Um, the horse has learned a lot. It's it's a it's a different horse now after seven races of its career uh, than it was at the start. And like I say, it was a little bit skittish, but it'll settle down now. So if the, if something gets to the front ahead of it, um, that's not necessarily a problem. I don't think. All right. Well, moving on. Next horse was in the BC Juvenile Turf, uh, which we'll call the uh, <laughs> the Britney Spears. Yeah, we'll call it the Britney Spears. The Britney Spears uh, handicap. Uh, you had a horse named Silver Knot here. Uh, K N O T T Knot. Uh, it's a two-year-old by uh, Lope de Vega, trained by Charlie Apple Appleby, and going to be in the blue silks of. Go dolphin, because that's my dolphin. Uh, this is uh, another really interesting horse, I think, especially because of the distance that they're choosing to race it at and its recent performances at the distance. Yeah, silver nut. It's one of those um, boys in blue that you like a dolphin. You'll all be familiar with them. They kind of uh, global global sensations. This is a, a seven to four shot, so plus one seventy five. Um, in dollars for Charlie Appleby and William Buick um, will take the ride. William Buick, absolutely um, top class, uh, top class jockey. Silver Knot costs three quarters of a million uh, guineas as a yearling. 
um, which is a, a canny price. I mean, it's not actually that egregious, I suppose. Uh, the horse is three for five. Um, won the Solario Stakes at um, Sandown Park, um, which is a, a grade one stakes. And then won a, a group three last time out at Newmarket. Uh, over a mile, so it's one over seven furlongs, and it has one over a mile last time out. The horse travels really strongly. If it's a real eye catcher, it's one of those you're talking about. We don't have a stopwatch to the eye test. This horse just travels into the race really, really strongly. Uh, so again, just looking at kind of, well, I mean, so what would your main concern be here? The 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 trip of a of a mile, do you think? No, I actually, I think that, that the horse might actually be more of like a natural miler. The way that they kind of built it up in distance, going from like six furlongs up to seven furlongs and into the mile, and it really seems to really appreciate the longer uh, distance each time. Uh, my, I kind of worry, though, that it's come out of such sh- short fields. We're talking like four horse races, yeah. three horse races, and now you're going to be thrust into 12 to 14 horses. It's still a two-year-old, uh, you know, a, a two-year-old horse, which those are absolute fucking head cases. Uh, that, yeah. that would be my only concern. I guess my second concern would be, will it be wearing the white Godolphin hat? Well, as the two runners, that's a thing. Um, the the number one runner wears the blue hat and the number two, the purported number two runner wears the white hat and then always wins, Chase. We know this. Um, yeah. the, the other thing with, with these European horses or certainly the, the British ones at this time of year, it's a time of year for two-year-olds as well because it's cold. It's unequivocally cold. It's cold outside now. It's cold in North Yorkshire, an hour away, where Richard Farr is training the Platinum Queen. And Richard Farr has said that already the Platinum Queen is starting to come into a winter coat. It's just that's just nature. Uh, they normally put them out to um, put them out to pasture over the winter. So these horses start to come into the winter coat. He said they're even going to clip her. Uh, they're going to give her a little trace clip before they go across to Keeneland with her. So obviously they didn't. They've been start. They start the season in kind of April, um, and run six or seven races. And they would normally wrap them in by now, sort of October time. The majority of the two-year-olds have gone. They've been put away for the winter. Obviously, these precocious ones, these top-class ones, they're going to keep them going into November. So that is a little bit of a worry because if they just turn wintry, that's it. They've kind of gone over the top. Um, more question marks. That's the kind of thing for a paddock watcher. If you get yourself leaning against that rail, and you need to see what they look like when they're going around the pad- uh, when they're going around the paddock, the or the, the pre-parading as you'd call it. So, um, that's something else to to take into account. The full field wouldn't really bother me. I don't think. Um, the the horses travelled amongst horses. It's not a front running type particularly, so it's quite comfortable amongst horses. Um, the the turns would be my thing again because these are. Even though that last race was a mile, it's won over a mile, it's a straight mile. Um, the the Sandown race that it won, the Solerio Stakes, is around it. well, what do you call it, a turn? It might be a mild a mild bend, a little left-handed kink, uh, right. or right-handed, sorry, it's Sandown. But it's not a, it's not a left-hand down turn yeah. uh, in, in the true sense of the word. So, yeah, that would that would be a thing. But again, what we don't know much about that. I wouldn't... I wouldn't be put off either of those things by Silver. No, looks a really, um, a really professional individual. I said earlier on that the Platinum Queen could be a little bit skittish. Um, you don't get that sense at all with Silver. No, he looks really professional. You know, uh, you guys can't see Mal, but I, I will go ahead and say it looks like Mal's in his winter coat right now. He's got a, he's got a nice like Hugh Grant, <laughs> Hugh Grant kind of, kind of slick back going. It's a, uh, it's nice. It's a like a Notting Hill look. I dig it. Uh, it's, 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 you know, it's a. Uh, 
I think this one, Silver Knot's more likely to take just a ton of money just based off of what Charlie Appleby has done recently with it with his shippers. I had a, yeah. a day a couple weekends ago where uh, I was doing a, a show for America's Best Racing at Woodbine, and also I handicapped uh, uh, back Belmont at the Big A, the Backwaduct, uh, and I was like, I'm going to beat both these Charlie Applebees. And what happened was I just lost two races in a manner was of that like, with, they ran within about 20 minutes of each other yeah yeah uh, well yeah i sat here and watched it. i was going to about midnight on a saturday night and he won oh god it was about 300 and something thousand dollars by 15 lengths yeah in in 20 minutes and yeah they they both would have won pulling a cart if they'd had to it was ridiculous yeah and if if he bet paramutually he won some of my my money uh too because i was like ah no i'm gonna i'm gonna beat this guy but uh it's the connections the charlie appleby connections i i think this horse will take a, a good bit of money mal tell everyone about the horse that you were actually fading here uh your turncoat your benedict arnold yeah well because they were all a little bit chalky i didn't want to sit here and just give out two to one shots it was a little bit boring so i think we can get this one beat um as it happens as we've been uh chatting chase my local book has taken down all the breeders cup odds so i don't know if there's something specific happening right about now are they finalizing the declarations or making the draw something like that um but it's an incredibly bad time for them to take <laughs> take them down as we're talking about this the race is the breeders cup mile the horse is called kin ross and um is plus 225 so it's a relatively short price favorite and the horse is trained by a trainer called, this is very British, you like, he's called Rafe Beckett. Um, so it's spelled Ralph. Um, do you have this phenomenon in the US where people who were called Ralph are actually called Rafe? Only only in Rafe Fines, and he's an importer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. okay. Well, there's a few, yeah. Yeah, there's a few famous Rafes about. They, they tend to be actors, that kind of thing. Uh, but yeah, Rafe Beckett um, trains. And um, Frankie Dottori uh, will take the ride. Uh, legendary Italian jockey. So Kinross has won the British Champion Stakes uh, most recently over six furlongs. Um, won at Longchamp on Arc de Triomphe Day. A lot of this form that we're talking about today uh, goes through goes through Arc de Triomphe Day. Obviously, one of the biggest races um, in autumn over here. Uh, the horse in great form. Uh, four wins. In a row. However, these the, that last one's at six furlongs. Uh, the horse has form over seven furlongs, uh, undoubtedly. But this race is over a mile. Now, my concern here is on the ground. Um, if you look at all of these, the last four wins, Ascot, good to soft. Longchamp, very soft. Uh, Doncaster, soft. Oh, okay, York won on good to firm. So you're looking at the, the word soft appears an awful lot. Um, in this horse's um, bio. Now, we've said you might get it, it might be genuinely good ground, but my concern is the ground not being, the word soft not appearing in that, if it's if it's quick and round, is it good? This going to be two turns around the mile as well. Uh, yeah, yeah, it'll, it will be a two-turn mile on the, on the turf. Yeah, I just think that it might get caught out by a true miler. We've talked about, like, on his seven furlongs, it's the, it's the 400 metres. That's a, the real special decisions. But if you get a true miler, um, and I don't think Kinross is a miler. Now, it won well last time over six furlongs. It went away, and they couldn't catch it. It got two or three lengths on the front end, uh, and they couldn't catch it. But 
Um, over a mile, these specialists, these kind of hard, uh, toughest teak milers, I think something um, will come and grind this thing down. I can't see Ken Ross lasting out um, A, around the turn, and B, without the, the kind of specialist soft going that it likes. So I think Ken Ross, can, uh, we can get this beat. Yeah, you know, it, it was really interesting going back through just the, the past results on a mile. The only win that I found on a mile was actually over, over the synthetic. Uh, at uh, yep. it, I can't, I can't tell you. I don't I have no idea which track this is. Uh, KEM is the abbreviation. Kim. Okay, Kempton Kim, Park. Kempton, yes, Kempton. Okay, uh, so but you move it out to the turf, and the horse finishes sixth. Uh, had another run on the synthetic where it ran fifth. It, it just it seems like this isn't its natural distance, and they're kind of trying to they tried to find a, a race that fit. The sprints are five furlongs. You know, it, it seemed like it, it trends more towards the mile distance, but it might be just a little bit too much. So I actually love this as a as a fade, even though, uh, I don't know, I feel like we fade this and then I have Frankie DeTori doing backflips off the fucker like a like a little ninja turtle throwing flowers in the air. Uh, but no, I, I think this is a this is a great fade. The horse has never shipped. Uh, distance doesn't seem to fit. I mean, if it takes a ton of money, then I, I, I'm a solid bet against with you. I really I really like this analysis. I really like that you called my uh, my attention to this one as one played. <laughs> yeah, they have to, they've taken it out to um, the Emirates before. It ran over the winter in May, Dan, um, a couple of times. Over uh, nine furlongs, so a little bit further, and finished sixth of seven in sixth of 11. Uh, so there you go. You do the math. They, they've, they've stepped up and tripped, and it hasn't got there. Now that's nine furlongs. This is eight, but I still think I think something can get past it. And it's also been. I mean, it, it's they've been running this horse a lot. I mean, it's it's like clockwork. yeah, it's been busy. Yeah. So I I mean, it might not be might be catching this one on the on the downside, maybe kind of going off of form. So yeah, I, I like it. Let's let's beat Frankie. Let's let's beat Ken Ross. Let's uh. A Kingman, Kingman's fitting for uh for the new the new monarch, I guess. But which I have a, a good friend, sweet sassy John Massey, who who is just a dirty little pig boy for fucking Kingman horses. Um, <laughs> moving on, let's let's talk about horses that we do like. Your fourth horse in the BC Philly and Mare <laughs> Turf. Uh, the we'll call this since it's Phillies and Mares, we'll call this the the. I don't know the judge uh, yeah, family. I'm so all out of uh, yeah. Dis- I got disgrace pop stars. Yeah, me too. Showing, uh, showing our age there. But uh, you you called my attention to a horse named Nashua, three year old filly by uh, the world renowned Frankel. Yeah. Uh, what what do you think of uh, of Nashua's chances? Yeah, I like um, Nashua a lot here. Uh, two to one shot, trained by John and Thady Gosden. Now John Gosden is the uh, a famous old trainer, you'll know that name for years. But um, again, this is incredibly British. Thady Gosden is John's son. Um, and it's short for, do you want to hazard a guess? What Thady might be short for? Thaddeus. Whoa, well, well played. Well played, Chase. That's why you get paid the big money. It is, yeah. Right. Have you heard of that name? I had never seen that combination of letters in that I, order before. I, I just, I, I didn't already know that that just seemed like the only fucking direction you could go with it <laughs> yeah so yeah that's it you can tell these are nice working class boys uh thaddeus gosden uh helping his dad out um holly doyle again will take the right here the horse is four for seven including two group ones already um she won the french 1000 guineas 
And now she was beat. We go back to the arc date again, uh, which was what three three Sundays ago, maybe. Um, she was beaten that day, but she was beaten by a sixty-six to one shot. Um, and the ground that day at Longchamp was really heavy, so she she did absolutely nothing wrong. She had a bad draw. She overcame the bad draw. Um, she beat absolutely everything else. I think there was a field of a cast of thousands in this field. I'm just going to drag the numbers up as well. Yeah, so she um, she overcame a bad draw. She, sorry, Chase, I'm just trying to drag my right page up. There we go. Um, the horse is not ground dependent at all. Uh, still, she's won on all sorts of ground. She's improving. Um, yeah, how many? There were 16 runners uh, in that last race at that she ran at Longchamp. And she managed to beat them all. She beat above the curve. Uh, above the curve will um, re-oppose here in this race. I think re uh, above the curve's in its second or third favourite, around about seven to one. Yeah, what I so, really yeah, liked about this one was how lightly raced this horse was. I mean, if we want to talk about the horse that everyone's talking about for Breeders' Cup weekend, it's Flightline. And just it seems to be also the same thing of very deliberate placements for, for this horse. They're not... They're not rushing to get it in once a month or ever, anything. They're just only putting it in in the right spots, it seems. Yeah, John Gosden's really old school. He will take a what you take a classic route with the horse. So I had one run as a two-year-old, um, and then we'll have a, a prep run as a three-year-old to build up to one of the um, classic races, which is exactly what she did. She then won that race at Shanty, which was the... Um, the French 1000 guineas there. Then goes to uh, Goodwood in the summer uh, and then to France on Arc Day. So it's sort of a classic progression. She's had seven runs, just six of which uh, is a three-year-old. But yeah, she hasn't been very busy at all. So yes, yeah, she's still improving, which is a huge um, a huge part of my case here is that this, she's still got something to find. I can't really see many holes. In it. The only thing I think she'd need to do here is get a position. Um, I think if she can get a position, uh, she doesn't want to be drawn out in the car park. What what are we going to be like for a field size here, Chase? Uh, I mean, right now it looks like 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. There are 14 probables. you got to think at least 12 probably hold, if not all 14. Um, I, I think it's going to be a, a pretty full field. Okay, so yeah, so she doesn't want to be drawn out in the car park. But like I said last time, uh, she was drawn way out. Um drawn out 15 or 16 of that field uh, along Champ and yeah, beat everything except what really was a fluke 66 to one shot uh, winner in that race, a horse called Plaster Carousel. Uh, Andre Fabre trained French horse uh, beat her that day. But yeah, I think um, there's no reason why any of the others um, above the curve included should reverse form with her. Um, so yeah, and John Gosden's just, uh, he's real establishment uh, stuff and he, he he places his horses really well. I think, I think this will win. You know, it's, it's interesting with this because the Americans did, did feel like they're just kind of like give, giving up because we're really not sending our, our, it doesn't seem like we're sending our best, you know, turf mares here. Of course. I mean, best is kind of a, <laughs> kind of a, a compliment um but you you do have uh, in here i'm seeing uh rogier who won the uh, ep taylor stakes up at yeah. woodbine uh who i mean a chad brown horse that uh beat moira who moira looks like a absolute monster but on synthetic who still ran a pretty good race and then i think the other competition comes from the other chad brown american wise 
uh, in Italian, who's going to be the horse that's go- yeah. more than likely going to be out there setting setting the pace. But I don't think that you necessarily want to be up on the pace in this. I I, I, I have a hard time seeing in Italian getting out there and wiring this field. Uh, Moira is just a big question mark. Rogier just kind of had everything perfect, got the great ground saving trip in the EP Taylor, where it seemed like if you got the ground saving trip on the rail right there in the pocket, could tip out late, you you had a pretty good race. Um, God, that price on Rogier that day was a gift because everyone was poured in on Moira. This horse floated to like 10 to 1. 10 to 1 on a Chad Brown and turf stakes. Yes, please. I have a feeling the horse will probably be up there this time, but I am exclusively looking for horses from across the pond for this one. Yeah, well, I've seen this build is um, sort of a 3v3 matchup. There's the three Europeans in there, Nash, uh, Nash, above the curve. And off the top of my head, I can't remember the third one now, because like I say, all my information just disappeared. And then you've got the two the two you've mentioned, uh, what, in Italian and Regina. And what, is there a third biggie in there that's that's making the, the market? If you want to count, you know, North America, Team North America, then it would, it would probably be Moira. Uh, the, yeah, yeah, the- yeah who is uh, a head case. That horse is an absolute, she'll, <laughs> she'll, she'll throw the rider. She'll throw the shoe, shoe. She'll eat the saddle on the way. Like she's absolutely nuts. But uh, the EP Taylor was her first race on, uh, on turf. Don't let the sixth fool you. She ran a pretty game second. She actually got DQ'd for, for nearly throwing a horse over the rail uh, in the stretch. So she's got a little, got a little feistiness to her, but uh, it might be a little bit out of, out of her depth here. If anyone's going to freak from North America, though, I, I think it's like Moira out of out of the clouds. To, you know, just you know, because the horse just has that competitive fire to it. Because I mean, it nearly killed another horse to you know get DQ'd from my um, my mother in law's a Moira, and she possesses a lot of similar traits by the side <laughs> of it. So must be a uh, must be a name thing. She's almost certainly not going to hear this, so I'm good. Shh. She walks in, flips over a table, kicks off a shoe. <laughs> Fucking Moira. Um, yeah, it's correct. Yeah, no, I, I think this is. I think this is a good spot, and I don't think the distance is going to be a, a, an issue at all. They're going to be running this one at uh, a mile and three sixteenths, uh, and, and the horse is easily handled uh, longer. Um, so I, I really, I, I do like this. Nashua is one to pay attention to. I also watched a documentary on Frankel a couple of years ago, and then now I just every time I see a Frankel baby, I, I pay attention. Yeah. Um, yeah, you've what Frankel's just one of those things. Still, if I'm having a bit of a bad day, I'll put Frankel's 2000 guineas win on YouTube, and it just I don't know how many more times I'll have to watch it before I get bored of it. Like, it's absolutely incredible to watch. My favorite thing about those guineas races is that the purse is paid out exclusively in guinea pigs, which is really absolutely, a, yeah, yeah, a, yeah, Correct. a cool, a cool feature. What I like to do is keep a guinea pig with me if I'm having a stressful day, just snap its neck. All right, moving on. <laughs> Last but not least, Mal's fifth horse. This one is one to pay attention to. It's in the BC Turf Sprint. Highfield Princess, a five-year-old filly by Night of Thunder, taking her shot against the boys here. I, I this is this feels bold, but we like bold. Bold gets you paid. We do like bold, and what I wanted to do here. Chase was take on Golden Pal. I thought it would be fun for me to see if I can find something that's going to take on Golden Pal because we love Golden Pal. Or, well, I'm not speaking for everybody. I love Golden Pal. Um, I've watched it quite a few times. It's kind of appointment viewing whenever Golden Pal's running. Um, the speed out of the gate just impresses me every single time. Yeah, it seems so like wanna... every race that Golden Pal is in seems like it could melt down and come for a closer, and then Golden Pal just, you know. Yeah. Every horse just watches Golden Pal get smaller. 
So I just wanted to see if we could uh, if we could find something that might beat it. So Highfield Princess is a plus two twenty five shot, trained by John Quinn. Uh, not necessarily one of the biggest name trainers out there, but knows what he's doing. Jason Hart uh, will take the right. Highland Princess is established as a well, top class European sprinter. Um, gets about now as a lot of modern top horses do. Uh, won last time the Dubai Flying Five uh, at the Curra in Ireland, which is obviously a five furlong race, as the name would imply. Um, won the Nunthorpe Stakes at York, which is only about an hour down the road from me. Um, that's one of the top Group 1 um, sprints of the year. Beats the Platinum Queen that day, actually, if we're looking for a little bit of a form line. So if the Platinum Queen wins, um, that would be a boost to the form here for Highfield Princess. So make a note of that to keep an eye on that. Uh, won the pre-Morris de Geest at Deauville. Um, and has also won at Newcastle, which is where I am sitting right now. Um, Newcastle, we've talked about this before. We've got a one-mile straight synthetic track, which is the only one of its kind in Europe. So a lot of the good horses come here. Uh, it's really put Newcastle racing on the map. Um, Stradivarius won his first race at Newcastle. Enable won her first race at Newcastle. So a lot of the trainers, if prepping to ship these things abroad, will come to Newcastle. And Highfield Princess um, has... Uh, has a Newcastle win to her name. So, yeah, she's she's a established sprinter now. It's nice that these things are starting to run kind of as you can follow them around. As, she's a five-year-old now, um, so you can, but you can kind of follow her career. She's got to keep going. And a lot of these top sprinters are really tough as because sprinters could notoriously sort of be in and out of form. Uh, but Highland Princess appears kind of bomb-proof. So I, I like her chances taken on the boys here. We'll see how close she can get the golden pal. I do like that she had a pretty busy summer and then they get the two month layoff. And if, the, if John Quinn is, is a trainer that is, is talented, you know, with horses coming off, you know, coming off the shelf for longer than two months, then it's one to definitely yeah. pay attention to. I also like the fact I, I like the silks here because when I watch European racing and there's no color to the saddle cloth, I usually cheer for uh, what I like to call the star bellied snitch. Uh, because I can see the big star <laughs> on the front of the, of the uh, you know, it's, I'm either cheering for the NBA ref in the, in the, the stripes, or I'm cheering for the, uh, the star bellied Sneech. So let's go star bellied Sneech Highland Highfield princess going against the, uh, the boys. That seems to be a theme here because you have a uh, probably what's going to be our America's best shot to win the, uh, the, uh, bc turf uh warlike goddess uh a a a, you know philly going against uh going against male company uh which does does not bode well for us uh quite honestly she's been we have the same five like turf marathon horses that just take turns beating each other and i hate all of them (laughs) so much you know it's it's they're impossible to figure out those but yeah i i do like I do like this, you know, turf sprint move with with Highfield Princess. I mean, you're going to get you're either you're either going to get a price pair mutually because the people will be like, eh, Phillies, or you'll get a ton of money in on it uh, from the hashtag Girl Dads out there, you know, uh, yeah. pouring in money on on the Philly. Which, as a hashtag Girl Dad, I I do I do that. I'm I'm that yeah, simple bitch of course. That. Um, yeah, it's it's a it's that's a good little good little note. It's a good. I, and I know note. you asked. You asked in our in our show notes what happened to Ascot because the horse finished sixth, which sounds like it ran down the field. If you watch a replay of the race, it got it was a it got beaten a length. Um, it was one length behind the horse that finished first. This was a twenty four runner, 
um, sprint at Ascot where the cavalry charge across the track and you could have thrown a blanket over the front nine as they crossed the line so yeah it did finish six it was, it was six past the post um, but it wasn't beaten by much and it wasn't a bad run like um it was it was in the lead for uh, the majority of that race and that that wouldn't put you off that was a positive for me um in that's, one of these cavalry charges that's a good note because people will see that six and they'll be like ah oh, he didn't do anything yeah. against the boys but yeah with 24 horses when they're all pretty much in the wire at the same time yeah it wasn't beaten 14 lengths it wasn't be- two lengths two lengths two lengths three lengths two lengths it was short head short head neck 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 short head uh finished six beating the length total so yeah that's that's a good note man look at this we got four horses that you need to pay attention to one to say just fuck that horse too <laughs> <laughs> this is, Mal always brings the heat when he's here on the Notorious OTB or when we're talking Zed Run horses, which, by the way, I just bred a Zed Run horse named the Notorious OTB. I saw that. Is she silver? Like, a silver, little bit of a silver bullet thing going on. War Horse Gray, I believe, is the official. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Um, which, uh, she, she's more of like a, I don't know, French Surrender Gray because uh, she is not, <laughs> apparently, not as good as I thought she was going to be. Um, yeah. We have hammered the French here in the last 40 minutes. They've unassuming, come on here, with no yeah. plans, and we've absolutely mullered the French as a country. Listen, they did it to themselves with the Maginot line. Let's not kid ourselves. Yeah, fair enough. All right. I think my last name is actually French. I'm a self-hating, <laughs> self-hating French. Um, all right. Well, Mal, what do you what do you got going on lately? I I mean, you are uh, a mystery wrapped in an enigma, nestled in a box of riddles. You are a British Major League Baseball handicapper. What do you what do you think about the World Series? Well, yeah, I've enjoyed getting my head into the horses for a couple of days because um, the, I mean, the MLB it's inhumane. Like it's dehumanizing handicap at 162 days of MLB. It's got me. It sent me cross eyed. Like so, to get take my eyes off that and put it on the horses, which was kind of my. Uh, my my natural my natural habitat uh, has been fun. So yeah, the on the sports gambling podcast, uh, the MLB gambling podcast show. Uh, with if you know if you listen to a lot of the shows, you'll know Moonaf, uh, the machine, the hardest working man in uh, in sports betting. So myself and Moonaf, and we got a couple of young young kids on there as well, and we work every night. So the in fact, I'm recording in a couple of hours our World Series preview. And then tomorrow we'll record our game one preview. So all the futures bets tonight and the game one bets will go out tomorrow. And there is a contest as well. I'll tell you about this because there's a sports gambling podcast network, MLB contest. If you go to the app under contest, free to enter $200 and loads of merch, that kind of thing. Um, so, you know, I'm looking forward to it a lot. I'm, I've, handi- I've, I've handicapped it this afternoon, Chase, and, it's I can't get away from the Astros quite comfortably, which is a bit boring. I'm quite disappointed with myself. Um, you've got the you've got the Astros who were in total control all postseason, and then you've got the Phillies, the absolute opposite. What's the opposite of control? Um, I don't know, chaos. So the yeah. Phillies, are, so you've got a complete opposite ends of the spectrum, and these two forces are going to meet starting tomorrow night. So. I've got the um, I've got the Astros in five. I've got the Astros to win four to one, which is at price of five fifty. And if you want a fifty to one shot, Chase, um, Chas McCormick hit two home runs in the ALCS series. He's going to get a bat. Um, batters get hot, don't they? Little short series, uh, little short sample size. So if Chas McCormick can hit a few dingers in the next uh, week or so, he's fifty to one to be MVP for the Houston Astros. Uh, so put a little pizza bet on uh, Chas. I want to know what the over/under on total number of gloves Dusty Baker wears uh, during the course of the of the series. 
Is that a COVID thing because he's old? Is that why he does it? Uh, no, he's he's always done it. Um, really? Yeah, he, he always seems to see. All right, I, I I understand that the Astros probably win, but the Astros used to be in the NL Central with my team, the Cardinals, and yeah. uh, I really fucking hate Dusty Baker back from when he was a <laughs> manager manager at Cincinnati, also in the in the NL Central. I have never heard anybody say a bad word about Dusty Baker until now. I would fuck Dusty Baker up. <laughs> I'm I'm lying. I, I don't, a significantly older Dusty Baker would probably fuck me up, but I would take my shot. I don't know. Just seeing him and and Tony Larusa like almost come to blows so many times, and you know when Tony you know wasn't drunk and behind the the wheel of automobile, he was a pretty responsible manager. So I, I was always a big Tony Larusa fan whenever he was with the Cardinals. And so you come you came at Tony, you came at me. But uh, yeah, man, it's. It's a uh, God, what a time to be alive. You're going to have the beast. You've got the Breeders' Cup. You've got yep. NFL. You've got whatever else is going on at the Premier League, probably. I don't know. Uh, well, uh, the, 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 uh, the other thing to look out for, Chase, is the World Cup. We've got a World Cup starting in about oh. three weeks' time. I know. Uh, so, whisper it quietly. I'm, I'm going to do some World Cup stuff uh, for the network as well, because obviously that is right in my wheelhouse. Uh, good you mentioned the Premier League, because Newcastle are good for the first time in a generation. Oh. We keep right. scoring more goals than the opposite team. So, um, yeah, it's all very exciting. I used to be a portfolio manager for a uh, beer distribution company, and we carried Heineken, who uh, basically purveys uh, Newcastle uh, Brown uh, to the yeah. world. Nu- Nuki Brown. Uh, Correct. I have a feeling that's something where I'm like, yeah, I like, I love Newcastle. And you're like, yeah, none of us here fucking drink that shit kind of thing. Uh, it was kind of. Oh, no, we I- do. Okay. No, we all drink it. Absolutely. We used to be, I used to be able to get it in the, uh, you could buy little five liter kegs of it, like beer tender oh, things that, that Heineken oh. had. Yeah, so fresh. So fresh. Yeah, oh, it's cool. a great drink. drink. I have, I have an unusual relationship with Brownie. Like, four bottles, absolutely fine. Five bottles, fucking ruined. Like, this is such a, it's a catastrophe. If I went, go from bottle four to bottle five, absolutely off the end of a cliff. It's not a slow burner. I just go off, gone. My my thing is cognac. If you give me more than, <laughs> of course more than is. <laughs> three Hennessy's, I will try to fight every homeless man in Little Rock, Arkansas, on my birthday, and wake up in, in a Taco Bell parking lot. May I add? Um, man, so glad. Beautiful I, image. Oh, I love having you on every single time. We'll most definitely have to do this again. Are you are, so? Are you going to be just like hardcore rooting for your your European horses uh, over over Breeders' Cup? Because I kind of no. get into it, right? Just cheer for the American horses, you know. No, not really. Um, I'm a bit colder than that. I'll do I'll do a little bit more homework between now and um, next weekend. Um, yeah, and I'll pick them. I'll pick them on the merits, and uh, I'll see. Hopefully, get on a heater. Well, thank you, Mal, for joining us. This has been. The build-up to the Breeders' Cup. Oh, my God. Get your piss hot, folks, because for the love of God, it is Breeders' Cup week. I will not sleep this entire week. I will fall asleep, though, and miss the classic because uh, I have done that a, a couple times. I just wear tucker myself out losing and handicapping. So thanks for joining us, Mal. This has been amazing. Thank you for this information on the European shippers that you absolutely needed to hear. We will catch you later this week with more on the Notorious OTB. We've got... My boy, Boston Tom, Tommy McNamara, coming in to play the Future Stars Friday card like you're playing in the BCBC. And then I'm going to have uh, Ryan uh, Dickey, uh, the Prince of Keeneland in his purple suit, handicapping the Breeders' Cup pick six. God, you have to 
why I don't even know why you would go home. Just sit here and just refresh Spotify until the next episode shows up. We will catch you next time on the Notorious OTV, brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. <laughs>